Welcome to How We Win, the official podcast of The Persistence. Action is the best antidote for anxiety, and we're giving you the tools to make a difference right now. Today, we've got a fresh dose of hope for the midterms. There's some hopeful legislation on the horizon and some hopeful grassroots fundraising reports. Activists are stepping up and volunteering in our key battleground states. And you know what, Mariah? It's making me hopeful. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole lot of hope. But you know what? That worked for us in the past, and it's going to work for us again. Yes, uh, we can. <laughs> joining us to talk about how volunteers are indeed endeavoring to, quote unquote, save the world, one Democrat registered at a time is the executive director and founder of Field Team 6, Jason Berlin. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And, and this, this is, is How, How We Win. So guess what Saturday is? What's, what's this Saturday? A hundred days till the midterms. Oh, Early gosh. voting happens even sooner and mail-in voting. So I feel like people are there. They're, there's going to be a fire lit under people. This is when stuff gets exciting. A hundred days. I can't believe I didn't know that, first of all. And uh, we need to put that ticker up on our website. But that's... No, a countdown. I love it. Yeah, that's exciting. I like, I, like a, yeah, I like a little sense of urgency. I used to work for a candidate who would pop Which candidate? In, she would pop into people's offices. What, what was her name? What candidate say, was it? How many days until election day? And you you better have had the answer. Oh. People like a countdown. Keep keep keeps the team motivated. That's true. You want to tell us who the candidate was? Oh, it was our current vice president. There she, you liked, go. she liked to know how much time she had before she could declare victory. Love it. I'm sure that's not why she was doing it, but anyway. Um, but we do have some, as you said, very hopeful podcast. We have some new hope ahead of the midterms. I am going to read this little excerpt from the Washington Post because I don't want to miss anything out of all of these wins. Yeah. The first major prescription drug legislation in nearly 20 years. We're almost yes. there. More than $50 billion to subsidize computer chip manufacturing and research. That's huge. Going to, yeah. you know, put us ahead of China. Yep. I'm adding these little asides. This is, this is, <laughs> but the it's Washington true. Post writing didn't suddenly go down. Something Republicans uh, really, really wanted to do is to compete with China. So here we here go. We this go. is what this is what you wanted. A bill that would enshrine protection for same-sex marriage. After a turbulent stretch in which much of President Biden's legislative agenda seemed to be foundering, the president and his party may be on the cusp of significant wins in Congress that the White House hopes will provide at least a modest political boost, end quote. I think this is going to provide a huge boost. And you know what? Gas prices are down, too. They forgot to point that out in this article. Um, right. This is Great news and really helpful timing. Incredible uh, timing. And the gas prices are going down. Um, there's also, I 
think, I mean, Republicans are going to spin this. They're going to continue spending it. But I think there is a greater understanding that uh, the inflation is a worldwide issue. A global. A global issue. issue. Yeah. Um, the gas prices are actually way higher all over the globe uh, than they are here in the U.S., with the exception of Mexico. Mexico is about on par with us right now. Um, and, uh, you know, this the inflation is a result of a pandemic that we've been living through for two and a half years wh- that has crippled everyone's economies, the global economy, and also the war, uh, Russia's war in Ukraine, right. which has had huge energy implications as well. And another aside, kudos to the European Union for committing to um, reduce their use of energy and, um, and look towards alternative solutions sooner rather than later in response to their dependence on Russian oil and what that's meant during this conflict. Yeah. Um, you know, in addition to this great news that we're seeing, we're also seeing from the activist side, more people getting involved, more volunteers, more donating. Yep. So um, people are motivated. And what these uh, wins from the administration and the Democrats give those people is, you know, messaging, talking points when they're going out, talking to their neighbors um, and a, and just a reason to be a reason to be out and a reason to be hopeful. That's right. And, you know, we uh, talk a lot about volunteer enthusiasm and that's the bellwether that I really look towards. Um, you know, I, I don't always, as I've said many times, I'm not always trusting of the polls that are out there, but I do want to know where the volunteer enthusiasm is because that can really make up the uh, the field margins in these states uh, in these important races when you have people who are willing to go out and knock on doors and make phone calls and do that work. Um, Patrick Maloney, Representative Patrick Maloney, who is the chair of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, was on Morning Joe uh, this morning talking about the work that they're doing in the congressional campaigns. And he mentioned that low-dollar grassroots donations have gone up 20% for Democrats and have gone down 14% for Republicans. That's a really great sign. That's a really solid indicator of, of where the enthusiasm is when it comes to the upcoming midterms. And um, and our, especially our volunteer base and the people who are helping support that. So that's good news. Yeah. So what can we do with this great information? Um, we have to be talking about this and um, we got to be talking about the Biden administration's victories and, you know, putting it in the context that these are Democratic Party achievements that are possible because we elected more Democrats to the House and into the Senate. And if we're going to be able to do all this, even with Republicans block, like Republicans are voting against the prescription drug le- legislation. They're voting right. against protections for same sex, sex marriage. Right. Um, they're trying to block everything. The only way that we can guarantee more victories like this is if we widen the gap and make sure that we have a much more comfortable margin in the Senate and uh, maintain it in the House. So talk Correct. it up. Yes, yes. Uh, good marching orders there. Uh, I wanted to talk to you, Mariah, and get your take on this, because I'm not sure how I feel about it, but um, 
Staffers organized a sit-in at Schumer's office to demand Dems pass climate justice policy this year. I am all for sit-ins. I am all for you know uh, people organizing, especially around climate justice. Um, we are doing way too little, way too late. So um, the sense of urgency needs to be top of mind for everybody. And of course, it's young people who are leading the charge on this because it's also young people who are going to be feeling the most dire repercussions of our inaction. Uh, Saul was one of the organizers. I don't know his last name, but this is from her Twitter, his Twitter account. He just is listed as Saul. He said, um, we sat in Schumer's office today for a specific reason. We want people to know that Dem leaders have not used every tool at their disposal to pass climate policy. There will always be a straggler mansion, but it's those who set the calendar and rules who need our pressure. So, my question to you, Mariah, isn't like, should they have done this? Because yes, absolutely. Civil disobedience in the stake of these dire consequences, yes. Um, should they have been in Schumer's office? Or should they have been in Manchin's office? Or should they have been somewhere else? What do you, what do you think? I saw this. I was. It took me a minute to understand what was unfolding on Twitter. And then they were arrested at one point. And, yep. Um, I, it, ballsy move. Right. I, it made me feel old watching, like looking <laughs> at it because I was like, how dare they? I, I would not have had the gall as a, you know, as a young person to like leave my job and like protest the people that I work for. Um, so it yeah. did make me feel, but listen, I get, I get it. I don't know that that was that was the right place, right? And I wasn't clear on you know what exact what exactly um, their demands were. I would say it was interesting seeing the responses from people who are not in that world, who are on the outside, which I am um, on the outside, saying, "But <laughs> don't you guys write the legislation and don't you advise?" these folks and, and talk to them. And so, you know, if you're saying they're not listening to you and you have to like, w kind of like, it's very, in there's a lot of inside stuff going on there. Yeah. It felt I like, like the a, idea, but wasn't fully sold on it. What I feel you? the same way. It felt like, it felt like an earned media moment, which has, right. has validity. You know, we're talking about it right now. It got coverage totally. in the news and, uh, and, you know, Right. The purpose is to get more people thinking about climate and the urgency of, of passing that legislation. So uh, from that standpoint, it worked. I guess where I get scared, but also impressed with people, like, as you said, that have the, um, the chutzpah to do something like this, is I feel like we are at such a pivotal time for us to be united as Democrats. And... Um, you know, uh, united in messaging and fighting back against this uh, Republican Party that has devolved into uh, fascists and uh, and now, you know, literal Christian nationalists is what they are oh calling themselves. And we can get into that, I guess, on another podcast. But, um, you know, I just feel like the stakes are so high. It's like, okay, we got to band together. We've got to be focused. You know, uh, we don't want to be fighting within the party. But you know, they're also right. 
We haven't been able to pass climate, you know, significant climate policy. Schumer does control the calendar. He controls what we put up. And, and um, you know, I guess I wanted to talk to you about it because I don't know my feelings. Maybe some of our listeners can share their uh, their feelings about it. But um, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it because I we don't talk about climate policy enough. And, um, you know, pretty much without debate, it is the most important issue of our time. So, Absolutely. Um yeah, they got us talking. So well done. I hope they get to keep their jobs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those hill jobs are like hill staffers are incredibly important, and that's why I kind of keyed in on the idea. Like, like the, they're the ones that are actually writing the legislation and presenting the research and opinions um, to the senators. And so they have, they do have, they can wield a tremendous amount of influence if they're in the position to. Um, and if these folks don't feel like they're in the position to without getting arrested, then right on and mm. and maybe it's time to look for a job elsewhere. All right. Well, um, I question whether it was the right place, right time. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But I do not question their heroic measures in the face sure. of this. So uh, let's talk about this week's our hero of the week. Oh, nice segue. Thank you. Um, <laughs> our hero of the week this week is a 19-year-old activist who was body shamed and just shamed in general by Matt G- Getz over Gretz. the weekend Sorry. on... Matt Getz. That's how you say his name now. In my stomach. Um, <laughs> over the weekend. And um, she used the attention from this encounter to raise over $50,000 in 24 hours for abortion funds, um, which is absolutely incredible. She is Olivia Juliana. She is a Texas uh, activist that I've been following for a long time because she's just so fun to watch. She's so outspoken. You can find her on Twitter and she has a huge following on TikTok where she talks to young people about uh, abortion and, you know, voting and, and all of the stuff that we need young people talking about. So kind of the, the background of this is, you know, over the weekend, uh, Matt Gates said something at a, a conference about, um, um, you know, uh, body shaming women who seek, abo- I'm not going to repeat what he said, body shaming women who seek abortion, um, abortion services despicable grotesque misogynistic and typical remarks from that guy just unbelievable yeah he's he's an actual congressperson oh he's disgusting um and um you know obviously people went crazy as they should have because it was such a horrifying thing to say and then he um very tangentially, but you know, it's all part and parcel of the same message that he's trying to to put out. He um, tweeted to his followers a photo of Olivia as you know one of the one of the activists who has you know has their you know who's all up in a huff about what what he said. Which again, she's nineteen. This puts a target on her for his rab from his rabid followers, yeah. and she just like took it and turned it on him and she's just such a badass and and, and amazing 
and a true hero of the week. So thank you, Olivia, for all that you do. I'm so sorry that happened to you, but unfortunately, this is what it's like to be a woman or a femme person on the internet in 2022. Thank you, Olivia, and you are our hero of the week. Let's now talk about this week's to-do list. Got some good ones. Um, Of course, we continue to raise money for our How We Win fund. That's at swingleft.org slash podcast slash how we win. If you haven't heard of it, we've been talking about it a lot, but if you haven't heard of it, it's a uh, fund that goes to the races that need our money the most. There's some Senate races in there, congressional races, gubernatorial races, state funds for um, like Arizona and Michigan who haven't quite had their primaries yet, but very soon, having them soon. So uh, once again, go to swingleft.org slash podcast slash how we win to make a donation. It takes the guesswork out of where you're going to have the biggest impact. So uh do that. But also, last week we announced our live show in Los Angeles at Largo on August 22nd. Uh, we announced it on the pod last week with Allison Gill from Muller, she wrote, and The Daily Bean. She is also going to be on the live show. And the Midas Touch podcast guys, Ben and Brett Mazelius, will be there. And the Frangela duo from The Last Word podcast, they will be there. And Kathy Griffin, activist, comedian, you know her. She'll be there. It's going to be a massive super pod to raise money for the How We Win Fund. 100% of those uh, tickets will go directly to the candidates. Um, So uh, that's some fun fundraising options for you. And lastly, I will say uh, we're going to have Jason on talking about Field Team 6, but uh, we'll have a link to his org on there as well. And check out fieldteam6.org. Yeah, Field Team and then the number 6. Or spelled out both ways, apparently. Oh, oh, great. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that people got to the right He got both websites so that he could do it. So you could do it both ways. Yeah. Very smart. All right. Now we are going to jump into our reasons for hope. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your week, reason for hope this week? Mine is, um, okay, so I'm sure everybody watched last Thursday night. What was that? Big Brother. I'm just kidding. I don't <laughs> never even I was going to say, I thought Bachelor was on <laughs> Monday, Monday nights. I'm confused. Um, no, this is this was the the most recent primetime January 6th committee investigation. So good. Hearing. The run Holly run hearing. Uh, yeah. Got that great shot of instigator Josh Holly running from the monster that he helped create. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think that there's been concern that while most mainstream news outlets are covering, it's not concern. It's just like facts and unsurprised. While most right. mainstream news outlets are covering this, um, there are certain outlets that have not been or maybe haven't been covering it as accurately as they could have. But this latest hearing prompted scathing editorials from two newspapers controlled by the Murdoch family, which mm-hmm. owns Fox News, of course, 
New York Post said the revelation showed that Trump was unworthy to be president again. And the Wall Street Journal said that Trump had utterly failed to handle the crisis. Why do I care about this? Um, Because we cannot have Trump run for president again. I don't like the alternatives, (laughs) but we need to make sure that when somebody from the opposing party is running for president, as they have every right to do, and we need, we need, we're a two party system, kind of need each other. We got to make sure that sane people are running because what, like what happens, it's like a fail safe. What happens just in case at some point they're going to win again. We need non-crazy people on that ticket. So I agree with you. It's hard right now to find non-crazy Republicans to run for president, but um, I I agree with you. Also, um, just nice to see see the tide turning. That's hopeful to me. Um, uh, I was going to talk about another reason for hope, but it it is hopeful. You know, um, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, had an exclusive interview I believe earlier today is recording this on uh, with Lester Holt and uh, and confirmed that, you know, he has been moving uh, with historic speed and historic scope with this investigation and that uh, he will prosecute anyone and everyone, irregardless of uh, political consequences. He said that's not his concern at all. His concern is to. pursue justice without fear or favor. We've seen some recent subpoenas by the Justice Department of uh, Pence aides, the vice president's aides. A lot of stuff coming to head there. And um, so I'll just use that as my reason for hope. I was just right now while you were talking, I was imagining Hillary Clinton, like like, um, if Trump goes to jail, like I was picturing her outside the prison and like as he's walked in in handcuffs and a jumpsuit, she's got on like a, a MAGA hat and she's got like a drink and a cigarette and she's like, lock him up, lock him <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if she's uh, she might actually do that. I was going to say she's too classy to do that. But but if anyone has earned that privilege to rub it in like that, it's it's that woman. So. Bottom line, Merrick Garland, get on it. Lock yeah, Merrick Quiet Storm Garland. <laughs> Quiet Storm. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, a lot to, lot to look forward to potentially. <laughs> yep. um, but in the meantime, back to reality and the work that we have to do um, in the next 105 days. Uh, let's get to your interview with Jason Berlin. Jason Berlin is the founder and executive director of Field Team 6, a voter registration organization with a mission no less ambitious than registered Democrats save the world. He's also a good friend of mine. We cut our teeth together here in Southern California organizing starting in 2017. So, Jason, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. You are uh, one of my uh, uh, biggest and original heroes. Oh, come on now. Yeah, no, of, of, of relentless positivity and, <laughs> uh, and energy. And uh, you're one of the first people I saw 
giving trainings in canvassing and firing up crowds for uh, for Katie Hill. For CA Katie 25. Hill, yeah, yeah, the former, which is now CA twenty seven, mm-hmm. where we're going to elect Christy Smith. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, right back at you. Um, we started. Uh, I'll say Jason. Jason started organizing. I guess you started a swing left group. Um, and, and you were part of that group and then got hired by the California Democratic Party as a field organizer. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Well, I was I didn't start uh, uh, that swing left group. It was swing left Chinatown in L.A. Okay. And it was uh, February, late February, I think, 2017. OK. When everyone had just right. started waking up from the coma of mourning. Yeah. The election. And uh, it, it was the, the first meeting I went to of any group. Um and I almost didn't go. The one in my neighborhood was sold out. It was, I mean, the, you know, it was free, but it was right. <laughs> too many people. It was packed, yeah. And I I was kind of nervous and I don't know, it's going to be no one I know there. And and I went and, uh, and it was packed in Chinatown and uh, it felt so good to be around other people who felt as crazy as I felt. And... And we're out there to, to try to do something about it, that uh, it definitely was a turning point, just being there and feeling so at home and like, OK, I need to be in rooms like this a lot from now on. Right. <laughs> so I worked with that chapter and for a year and learned about partisan voter registration mm-hmm. uh, from Christian Asperius. Right. Our mutual friend who is a brilliant Democratic strategist. Yes, award-winning <laughs> voter registrar for both Obama campaigns, who in a, 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 a just a pained frenzy after Trump's <laughs> election started going around like Johnny Appleseed and doing these workshops in how to do partisan voter drives. Right. And he was amazing. Saw him at one of those Swing Left meetings, then followed him around like a Grateful Dead groupie at two other workshops he did. Same thing, but just getting it, the, the patter, like, under my skin. I'll say this also about Christian, since we're giving him some well-deserved love. Uh, early on, when I, this, around the same time in 2017, when I started organizing, too, I would call up Christian. I don't remember how we connected, but I would ask him all of these questions, and I would take notes on my yellow like legal pad, like all the jargon and these different things and everything. And then I would talk to someone else, and they would ask me questions, and I would just spit out what Christian had just said to me. And they're like, wow, Steve, Steve really knows his stuff. That's, Steve, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you so, have to do. Yeah. So it was all, it was all Christian. He's um, amazing. The only thing I hold against him is that he did not call his workshop the Christian Espirias experience. <laughs> I, it just, you know, that should be his first record at least, you know, <laughs> let's start a band for him. Um, so, so for a year I worked with Swing Left Right. And and worked my way up the 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 ranks and you know became regional organizing coordinator. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, yeah. And then interviewed hard with the Democratic Party of California for a job, a less than minimum wage job <laughs> as a regional organizer for LA County. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to interview hard because usually they give the job to someone half my age. Right. But they I I just wouldn't let them say no, and so yeah they 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 gave me the job. Yeah. Uh, so many great memories of launching canvases in uh, Orange County in these parks on these picnic tables with, you know, 
snacks and water and clipboards and we didn't even have the app going but anyway um <laughs> that that was then this is now um you started field team six uh, how did you start field team six and why so as uh la county regional organizer with my my uh, organizing partner michael tonetti we were able to rally an army of volunteers who a lot of them came from that swing left experience about 85% of whom were women, mm-hmm. which turns right. out to be just the resistance nationwide. Yes. Thank God for them. Yeah. And uh, so we were able and to- And shame on you dudes, too, at the same breath. Absolutely. What are you doing? What, but, I mean, <laughs> yeah. video games, sports, right. come on. There's room for all of it. You can play video games and play sports and still help register some voters, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> still get the high score in your voter drive. <laughs> right. But uh, so so we were able to uh, register about 6,000 Democratic voters and help do our part with lots of other people to, to swing five districts in the midterms. And right after that blue wave midterm election, my job ended with the party, right. which, you know, was planned. And also insane. So <laughs> it did not seem like the right time to break up the band. Yeah. When, you know, we now face the battle of 2020, the biggest battle of our lives. So uh, that's when um, I founded Field Team 6 so we could go national, see what kind of good trouble we could get into on a national battleground, see how many Democrats, we could register in swing in 12 swing states mm-hmm. where just a few voters can have an outsized impact on swinging elections. And so we were starting in-person chapters in all these states when COVID hit. Right. And like so many organizations, we had to pivot completely. We were all in person at the time. That's right. <laughs> and our whole model is sending our volunteers, most of whom are 60 and older, Right. So they're the most vulnerable population, and we were sending them to high-traffic areas, the most dangerous places. Yeah. So we, uh, instead of shutting down completely, which was absolutely an option, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, uh, we, we cracked the nut of digital outreach, and we started putting together this database, which is now a 12 million contact database of unregistered people. It's a unique database. Most people... Most orgs with a database, it's voters. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite. This is unregistered people who are likely Democrats. And the vast majority of them are in swing states. So using that database. How do you put that? How does that database come together? Well, you start by finding out um, that you can do something like that, <laughs> which took you know, a little while. And um, then we purchased list after list and curated this database that we put together. So the first list we bought was college students nationwide. Mm. Then we bought a list of black women in swing states Mm -hmm. and added black men and then the Latino community. And then we were looking for LGBTQ plus people and they weren't tagged in any database, but we could find same-sex marriage supporters. So we bought that list. You know, we had to be ingenious about it a little. Mm -hmm. Um, Healthcare access supporters... Um, purged voters. We uh, bought a list of possible Trump defectors, even, mm. and we're able to to cobble together this amazing list. And uh, we refreshed it last January, and that's that's the basis for all our digital outreach, which includes text banking, phone banking, 
postcarding, your favorite, I know. As well as... It's all right. It's all right. I'm not mad at postcarding. It's just, you know, <laughs> not my first go-to for voter outreach. I'll just say that. Right, right. But, you know, uh, of course, it's it's like all the, it's all the touches you can get. Right. The most effective thing is that multiple touch strategy. So if someone gets a postcard and a text and a phone call, yeah. maybe talk to someone in person and see something on social media. We're also doing social media storms, uh-huh. you know, that they're more likely, of course, to, to register. Yeah, that is that is absolutely correct. The multiple touches is really, really important. And, you know, when you get it in different ways, that's where pod, uh, uh, podcasting, podcasting is one of them. Uh, that's where postcarding uh, can really be helpful for sure. One thing I... Uh, wanted to add is that our database of 12 million unregistered people who are likely Democrats, we uh, uh, need to put that at the service of as many partner organizations as possible. Anyone who wants to help us reach those, because we can't reach them all on our own. Mm -hmm. So anyone who wants to help us reach those, we absolutely welcome and and love that help and need that help. So uh, yeah, any any uh, group from small to large, if you just have a small grassroots group that you started, contact us. Um, uh, of course, we'd love to work especially with groups on the ground in our nine target states, which uh, I don't know if I can remember them, but they're Arizona, California, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Texas, and Wisconsin. Nice. <laughs> yeah. No notes. He's here with me, folks, and I, he's got nothing in front of him. So that was impressive. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, prioritizing any BIPOC-led, female-led, LGBTQ-plus-led groups, but any, really any, any group that is uh, on the left who wants a phone bank set up for them for a certain county, let's say, in Wisconsin— to contact only women with a pro-abortion rights message. Or uh, we can slice and dice the data for you, uh, you know, however you like. That's powerful. Set that up for free or in the case of paid text banks for just the the cost of the texting. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And so many orgs are very proprietary about the data that they collect and and don't want to share it. So... That's the spirit of organizing that I really appreciate and that we all need to have is when we have – and that's frankly, uh, by the way, what Republicans do. Um, the, uh, the RNC has a huge database of collated information on all of their voters and probably all of us too that is available to every candidate from dog catcher up to the highest office. And, um, and it's difficult uh, – for Democrats to replicate that same kind of data sharing because there's so many different groups and um, different uh, bins of data from different uh, like PDI versus van, you know, and all that. So we're work. The Democrats are working on that, and there's some good ideas for how we collate that and be more efficient. But uh, I appreciate that very much coming from you that you have this great set of data that you want other people to use and, and that you're not just keeping it to yourself. Absolutely. That's what it's there for. Yeah. 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 Great to hear that Democrats are working on that unified database. Uh, that would be so helpful. Uh, also, just want to say when we're working with any of these groups on the ground, the script that we give them is always just a first draft and we want them 
to tweak it or even rewrite it completely so that it's in their voice because they always know their voters the best and what issues are most important where they are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we just want to. That's great because I always have partners. notes notes on scripts. So right. that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So this question uh, Mariah wrote. All right. All right. How do we save the world? Oh, that's easy. (laughs) Actually, it's easier than you think. Um, It's, I mean, not not than you think, you know. But but really, how we save the world, it's the the same answer to how do we reverse the overturning of Roe? How do we address the climate crisis? How do we, you know, expand healthcare, protect LGBTQ plus rights? All these problems, complex problems, have a simple solution, which is, empower more people. The democracy is ruled by the people. So uh, we need more people. We need to expand the electorate. And we do that by registering more Democrats to vote, Mm -hmm. just empowering each other and seizing on every crisis is an opportunity. So pain wakes people up. Mm -hmm. We would never wish this on our worst enemies. Of course. And yet we need to, as good organizers, seize upon the, the, the awareness that, you know, a moment of of awareness that this yeah. pain is causing to empower each other, bring people into the electorate, make sure their voice is heard as yeah. a voter. We're certainly seeing that with uh, Rose repeal and the uh, kind of activism that's coming out of that uh, horrific turn in our history. You know, uh, so absolutely. Um, so now we're we're coming to a time out. I can't sadly can't say post pandemic, but a a time in the pandemic where we're able to do more in-person events and be out there. Um, Are you back out there registering voters? Do you have field teams um, in these states now? We do. We do have in-person voter drives. One of them recently was at at the Juneteenth parade in Atlanta. Oh, nice. Yeah. And um, the two senators from Georgia, Ossoff, and Reverend Warnock were there, and they they actually saw our voter drive going on in progress, and came over and thanked our volunteers who were leading it. Oh, that's so special. That's I love them so much, especially Reverend Warnock. Just oh, what he's a, incredible! He speaks in thunderbolts. He's yeah, such a such a powerful presence, and needs we need to reelect him as well as our uh, first black female governor this November. So, yeah, that's. I just wanted to add to my how to save the world answer. I realized, yeah, like, sure. Just really, it's really important. There's more to it than that. The, okay. The, what's a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> which is just in a very concrete way. Um, go to fieldteam6.org and sign up for something, anything, right. low-hanging fruit, whatever you think it is that might be easiest for you or more, most fun. But we have uh, every week, every day, there is something to sign up for. A postcard party, a social media storm, uh, a phone bank, a text bank, an in-person voter drive, or a training on how to do in-person voter drives. Um, Every single one of those is super helpful, gets people registered, and moves the needle. Um, Awesome. As as far as in-person voter drives, we have something we're super proud of called Voter Drive in a Box. Most people forget a crucial word and just call it voter in a box, that's inhumane. We don't do that. <laughs> but voter drive in a box has everything you need to lead your own voter drive all on one page. You can scroll down on the front page of Field Team 6, 
org, our website, mm-hmm. and it's all there. Just click on your swing state or the swing state closest to you, and it's it's absolutely state specific, and it's it's uh, it's easy, fun, and effective. That's awesome. I want to talk about that's interesting the the voter registration, the training that you have. Um, uh, you you do have special trainings that you do to register voters. Also, you know, uh, voter registration can be very difficult in some of our um, let's just call them democratically challenged states. Mm, um, yeah. Like here in California, great. You know, I can grab a stack of voter reg forms or even an iPad and go out and uh, and register voters. But uh, for instance, in Texas, where Mariah is, you know, you have to be deputized, and then not just deputized for the state, but for each individual county. Um, and it's it's very tedious and difficult. Um, so, like, how are you adjusting your, your voter registration tactics in these different key states that you're focused on? That's a great question. I'm actually leading a, a Zoom training for Texas in-person voter drives later today. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, uh, we are getting a lot of volunteers coming to to these events uh, and super enthusiastic about doing this. And it is absolutely possible to do it even in the most democratically challenged states like Texas, Georgia, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have these uh, uh, trainings on Zoom once every three weeks. You can sign up for those and find everything you need about them on Voter Drive in a Box. It's all there. All roads lead to voter drive in a box. We put everything in one place. <laughs> yeah, but nice. in in Texas, uh, you do have to be deputized as a, a volunteer deputy registrar, or VDR. Um, it's less painful than it sounds. It, you can take uh, silver lining of COVID is you can take their course, which is about an hour uh, in, online, mm-hmm. and you get your certificate last till the end of uh, the next even numbered year. Because it's nice and complicated that way. Right. Perfect. (laughs) And that allows you to register voters, like you said, in that county. Right. You can, if you want to register people who come from another county as voters, you can get uh, a certified uh, reciprocal certification there. You should basically show them the certificate you already have, and they have to, by law, certify you in that county. You do not have to take another course. Oh, okay. It should take five, ten minutes and you're and then you're you can register people from that county as well. So another workaround, because there are ingenious volunteers and organizers in Texas where we've learned you know, we we talk to all of them. We learn as many tricks as we can, always right. from the people on the ground. You're know working their with a best. lot of the the organizations in these states that are already there, right? Absolutely, we yeah. always try to uh, uh, not only work with them, but take our cues from them and be of service to them. That's our right. part of our mission as an organization is just to be of service. So, uh, so yes, another ingenious workaround in Texas is if you would like to come from out of state and help out with a voter drive. You do have to be a resident of Texas in order to become a VDR, but you can contact the County Democratic Party where you're going to hold this drive in Texas, and they have a list of certified VDRs, some one or more of whom can join you at your voter drive. And that way, you can be talking to everybody who walks by while wearing a Democratic-looking T-shirt, mm-hmm. Biden-Harris shirt, Obama shirt. Mm-hmm. Um 
that acts as a Republican force field. It really works. Right. Uh, and and when you find someone who's interested, great. Oh, just go over there and, uh, you know, speak to Robert and he'll get you registered. You know? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Or Gwen, more likely. <laughs> I like that you gave Robert some credit, though, because I feel like I was giving him a hard time earlier. So, um, so I appreciate that you gave Bob some love. Um, <laughs> uh, well, that's cool. Um, you have a lot of experience talking to voters who are unregistered, or not voters, but unregistered citizens, I should say. Uh, why do you think there are so many unregistered voters? Uh, when people don't want to register, do they give you a reason? Uh, sometimes they do. That reason is usually like, ah, it doesn't matter. Mm. Everybody, every, both parties are the same, right. you know. Um, they're but, really not. They're the same. really <laughs> not. <laughs> if you pay even a little bit of attention, yeah, you might. They're you very, might discern they're, a difference. They're very, very different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they are. So, yeah. like, I, 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 I picture politics right now as a room where everyone's yelling at each other. And if you're a young person, like a lot of the people we talk to are on college campuses. It's one of the best places to hold voter drives. Right. And uh, if, if you're a person who has grown up without politics in your family, that just you don't want to go into that room because if you're not on either side, both sides are going to be yelling at you. Mm. And so you just don't go into that room. And you don't find out about it. You don't want to. And so part of why we're here, and not just in person, but also text banking, phone banking, postcard, everything, is, is to let people know you can have a pleasant conversation about politics mm. without any screaming or name calling. And uh, that's, that's why we're there, to give people that little bit of information that lets them see their values already aligned strongly with the Democratic Party. Yeah, it's so important. And, you know, I I really don't uh, begrudge people who are not tuned in to, uh, to this. I, I think that there's a lot of systemic reasons for it, um, just that we don't teach civics in, in schools anymore. Totally. Yep. Um, you know, foundationally, we're not instilling that, you know, what it means to be a citizen in kids. Um, that's not their fault. That's a, that's a s- systemic problem. And then, you know, people like are struggling or they're working hard and they're tired and they, they're not always wanting to come home and turn on the news or get tuned into stuff. They're not really paying attention. So uh, that's why like all of the outreach that we do uh, as volunteers and as activists to be able to have conversations with voters, um, you know, because they may miss the ads or even if they see the ads, it's just another politician ad. But when you can have a real person-to-person conversation with someone, and like you said, just be uplifting, and it doesn't have to be contentious, you know, um, right. it, it, that that's so fundamental to how we expand our electorate. That's and, everything. All yeah. activism is is talking to strangers. Like we're told not to do it as kids, but it turns <laughs> out that's how you change the world. It's just talking Ooh, to people. I think maybe it was Republicans that started this whole <laughs> don't talk to strangers dialogue like early on to keep us from reaching out to our neighbors. Maybe. Right? It's that fear versus hope. It's a you conspiracy know? theory. But yeah. <laughs> it's um, true, though. Everything is about connection. Just talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having that good conversation through whatever medium. Yeah. yeah I love that. All right. Well, 
One more question. It's the question that we ask everyone. Um, what's giving you the most hope for the future right now? I see a tremendous amount of, of, of hope and signs of hope all around. Uh, look at what we have now compared to 2016. There was no swing left. There was no indivisible. There certainly was no field team six. We have people who have not only woken up but have put in hours in the trenches and gone from volunteers to organizers to leaders, and they're training up whole new cycles of people who are, who are completing that. And uh, so I think as a, a movement, the resistance, which is hardly ever mentioned in any media, <laughs> but, but exists uh, and wins elections, I think we're stronger than ever. I think uh, all this pain... And there's so much of it, even though Trump's not in office, but all the, you know, the targeting of LGBTQ plus people across the country, mm-hmm. the overturning of Roe, mm-hmm. the climate crisis, the, the, the massacres that keep on happening uh, are just are waking up the entire society to the need for change. And we're seeing this in polls right now that have us ahead in the race for Senate and Georgia, in North Carolina, in Pennsylvania, in Nevada, in New Hampshire. I mean, uh, pundits are a lagging indicator. Don't believe the people who (laughs) say, right? right? Don't believe people who say that we can't win, we have no chance. Don't drink that poison. That's what the other side wants us to believe. If we believe that, we give up. And that is not where we have to be. Right now, there's so much good work to do. And we have the time to do it. The time is right now. You're just in time. If you're starting, we need you right now to volunteer, to donate, to work behind the scenes at Field Team 6. Those are the three huge ways that you can help. And every day we're registering more Democrats because every day more and more people are waking up Mm. and either becoming activists or at a, a lower and incredibly important level, just waking up to the fact that I need to do something about this. Oh, maybe I should register to vote. Yeah. I love that. Jason, you are one of my heroes and uh, proud to call you a friend and inspired by your continued amazing work. And uh, I know that we will all want to pitch in. So once again, fieldteam6.org, and we'll have the link on our show notes page as well for people to volunteer. And uh, Thanks for being on How We Win, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you for having this podcast, for everything you do. Love you, dude. (laughs) You too, man. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. This is How We Win. We win when we all get involved. Uh, Don't forget... Our live show in Los Angeles at Largo on August 22nd. Get your tickets. We will have a link to that in our show notes. And if you can't be there but still want to donate to the fund, you can go to swingleft.org slash fundraise slash how we win and donate. Also will be a link in our show notes for that as well. Great. And we want to hear from you. Send us an email at hello at howwewinpod.com. You can tweet to us at C at Mariah underscore Craven, and of course, at How We Win Pod. We always appreciate you being here with us. We will be back with some more next Wednesday. 